Hey guys, did you know that the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast hosted by Amy Porterfield is also brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, just like Side Hustle Pro? Well, it is, and with a focus on online business, including digital courses, list building, social media, content, and webinars, Online Marketing Made Easy breaks down big ideas and strategies into actionable step-by-step processes. I have been listening to this podcast from before I started a podcast. I used to listen listen to it on my way to work and I would keep a note on my iPhone with the episodes and the notes that I got from each episode. It was that serious. And even now I've been learning a lot from it. So if you haven't listened to it, I recommend starting with episode 340, landing page not converting, here's what to do. Because if you have created a freebie and your email list is still not growing, this is the episode for you. Listen to Online Marketing Made Easy wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Akome. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here. And today in the guest chair, I have Trina Small. Trina is a full-time lifestyle influencer and founder of Super Mom Culture. She's based in Atlanta, Georgia, and her pursuit to amplify the voices of motherhood began a little over a decade ago through her blog, Hey Trina, which chronicles her life as a mom and continues to serve as inspiration to mothers globally, reminding them that moms can still live their best life in this motherhood journey. As a blogger and an influencer, Trina has worked with brands like Kohl's, Disney, Walmart, Verizon, and more. The saga continues with the inception of her streetwear brand, Super Mom Culture, which you may have seen all over social media, especially in the last two years. I know I did, and I bought up as much as possible. So Super Mom Culture is an extension of her blog and love for fashion, but most importantly, motherhood. Super Mom recognizes the superpowers that each mother has inside of her. Motherhood is not about being perfect. It's about being super, in Trina's words, even in difficult situations. Supermom culture is a global phenom that is gaining huge momentum. It's worn by your favorite influencers, and it has been featured on Good Morning America, The View, Black Enterprise, and Oprah Daily. I love my conversation with Trina. We had so much fun, as you will hear. So let's get right into it. Trina, welcome officially to the Side Hustle Pro guest chair. Hey! (laughs) Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to chat with you. You're someone who I have admired from afar for a while. I have my super mom gear. You know, when I became a mom, that was so just empowering for me to wear like the hat, the t-shirt, all of that. And I need to know more about the woman behind the brand. So I understand that your initial career path was in logistics and with like trucking and trains. So tell me a little bit about that. How did you get into to that <laughs> and how did that go okay all right well i'm trina i'm so happy to be here i feel like i'm on oprah because i've actually <laughs> wanted to be on your podcast forever what? so when i got the email i was like yay like one way to start the new year so i'm super excited about that and that just shows me what god has in store for me so i'm very excited to be here so yeah my career path is you know when i tell people what i did full time you know 
I was 23 years old working on trucks. I wasn't physically working on trucks and trains, but I used to coordinate the trains. So I knew where they was going, where they was coming and like what was on them. Like I did all of that. And then I went into trucking, just regular trucking. Um, I dealt with cargo theft. I did all of that. So I was in a logistics career for about almost 15 years. When did you start your blog as a side hustle and why did you get into blogging? So I started my blog as a side hustle when I had my oldest daughter, who's now 12. So she was about one almost one year old when I started the blog because I was always dressing her in cute stuff. And I just, one day I was just like reading blogs. Of course, you know, we're looking for information and stuff. And I saw this thing that was like free blog and I just clicked on it. And then the rest is history. Here we are like almost 12 years later and I'm still blogging and, you know, we got super mom. Now we branched off. I got another child. Like, you know, everything has happened in those years, but that's how I got started. And you not only got started, but the blog, your blog, took on a life of its own, right? So what was it called at the time? And what do you think contributed to it taking off? Was it you, your personality, or just what you were talking about? Well, so, yeah, the blog was called Baby Shopaholic because I was buying everything for my kids. Like, (laughs) she had all the good. Relatable. Like, (laughs) you know how it is. You had that first kid. Now, my second one came out. I was like, girl, you wearing Granimals from Walmart. I'm sorry. We we ain't on that no more. But I started out just sharing, you know, things that I bought for her, deals that I found, Mm -hmm. my outfits. And when I started sharing my outfits, that's when it really started to take off. And, you know, people like the kids' outfits. They got a lot of inspiration from my daughter. But then when I started sharing what I was wearing, you know, trying to hide the fupas now, I had a C-section. I wasn't back where I wanted to be, but I still wanted to be cute. So I started sharing my outfits and I just put it out there. And to tell you the truth, I don't even know how people found me because Instagram wasn't even a thing when I started blogging. I did have Facebook. I started that kind of like a couple years in. I started a Facebook page that did very well. Okay. And then Instagram came up. I was so scared of Instagram. I felt like I was like putting stuff out to the world, like hello. So I did. <laughs> so that was a little nerve wracking. So I was kind of slow to Instagram. I think Instagram probably had been around for a few years before I even got on it because I was so scared. So that's how I started. And then people just kept coming and sharing. And I think I resonated with a lot of black moms because when there's no Instagram, you would really read blogs every day. Like you would look at your feeder and go to each blog and I would go and look and I, there was no black moms. So I was like, I want to see people that look like me that got flavor and, you know, having fun. Like everything was all about feeding your kids broccoli and homeschooling <laughs> and all the stuff. And no hate, because I want that stuff too. But I like the whole yeah. real deal. Like me and my girls went out, we went to this concert, we had a ball, da 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 da. Like people yep. could relate. And I think that's what helped take Baby Shop, then Baby Shopaholic take off but now that i don't have any babies i have rebranded about four years three four years ago to hey trina so it's just more of a lifestyle brand because i had started getting more into decorating my home recipe so it was just a full gamut on uh hatred like lifestyle content gotcha you know you just you took me back to when i used to read all these blogs via google reader i was so devastated when they got rid of reader why would they do that and you're right 
Why would they do that? I was Before still Instagram, that was <laughs> Google Reader was here. You know what yeah, I'm that was how I kept up with all my girls. Like, yeah. and and you're right. Like, once you found a black blog, you put it in there because you wanted to get all their updates in time. Right. So you just yeah. took me back to those were the good old days, and the and I and days. I think that really helped blogging. That really helped blogs too because now you almost forget about people's content unless they put it in front of your face on Instagram. And we yeah. have to work so much harder. Podcasts too. We yeah. have to work so much harder to put it in people's faces. Absolutely. And that's what I was saying. Like Google Reader, my page views were through the roof. They canceled yes. Google Reader. I was like, where's everybody? Like nobody's coming anymore. <laughs> and I know I don't like, go guys, to those blogs either. So how do you keep up mm-hmm. with them? So yeah, that that sucked. <laughs> yeah. So you had to make a choice though. At some point you had to say, am I going to be a full-time blogger, influencer, or continue with my logistics role, which you were killing it in. Yeah. Talk to us about how you made that decision to leave your corporate job. What went into that? Okay. So like after maternity leave and all that stuff and the dust settled, my company had did a little restructuring. So I ended up okay. with a team lead. I didn't like, you know how that goes. And so it I know was how like, that goes. oh, this is really kind of what happened. So again, I didn't like my team lead, but then I was in, I was featured in Atlantan magazine or Atlanta. I was actually in both, but there's an Atlantan and an Atlanta magazine. And they had like a whole page on me with my daughter talking about our blog. And one of the high level managers saw it. And he was like, Trina, you're in this magazine. And I was like, sitting on my team, like, yes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm working. I'll talk to you later. You know, because I didn't really like, you know, entertain. I didn't tell people what I did. I just would come to work, work, go home, and I'd be blogging all on the internet. And then I was, you know, I, I didn't do it at work. But then it started being like every time they started watching me. So it was like, oh, is she blogging over there? Because they didn't even understand. They're like this. Meanwhile, they hold fantasy football stuff is going off. They're like, is that Twitter on your computer? So it kind of got real like, you know, they was watching me. And then I got an Mm -hmm. opportunity with McDonald's where they flew me to Chicago to do a video for them in their test kitchen in their corporate office. And I had the time off, but it was in the middle of the week. So I had to take like Tuesday Uh and Wednesday off to do this. And it was like, why are you taking a Tuesday when... And you know, I'm like, y'all ain't supposed to ask me that. And I just left or whatever. <laughs> I was like, I got my time. I'm off. That's all you need to know. Yeah, so I went and stuff it. and they were like, kind of just, it was just really watching me. So then it came to a point where it was like, I can't take certain opportunities because I got this job. And I knew mm. if I stayed with the job and let the blog go, that it would like crush me because the blog was such a big part of my life at this point. So that's why I had to right. make the decision like, I'm going to have to quit this job and I'm going to have to figure it out. Like, even if I have to work like retail hours so I can have a flexibility or something, I'm going to have to do what I have to do. So then just got up, put a plan in place, started trying to pay off debt, paid off cars, and, you know, got to where it would make sense, you know, as far as, you know, replacing my salary. You know, now we don't have to pay for childcare at that point because she was still little. She wasn't in school full time. So... We had okay. to make that work. And then when I started crunching numbers, I had to get to it. I remember the first day, too, when I, after I quit. I was like, so what <laughs> like, how does this block Let's get to work. Let's get to work. I had never pitched a brand. All of everything came to me. So I was blessed that all the blog opportunities came directly to me and I didn't have to go look for them. But when they don't come to you, it's like, what do you do? 
So I was like, well, let me right. just keep creating content. So that's yes, pretty much how they Yes, I'm glad you touched on making that plan and mm-hmm. paying down debt and, you know, doing all those things that you need to do to just get prepared because... Sometimes it's not just about saving, it's about cutting. Well, it's always about cutting expenses because you know that this entrepreneur lifestyle, it's not going to be as consistent as your nine to five job. Now, at what stage did you start Supermom Culture? Okay, so Supermom Culture has actually was brewing while I was doing the blog, because I wanted something cute. I'm, I was very into fashion. Right. And I wanted to do something, but I just didn't know what to do. And then I was like, everybody got a T-shirt. I'm not doing T-shirts. I just got <laughs> one that would represent, that made us feel good, that we could give to other people and, you know, things like that. So I was really trying my best not to do a shirt. I was like, everybody got a T-shirt, but I actually love T-shirts, but I was like, everybody got a T-shirt. So I started out doing like aprons and bags. I was selling aprons and bags. So I was like, aprons you know, aprons and bags. Oh yes. wow, yes. aprons. Who's <laughs> <Aprons. laughs> wearing aprons? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but it was cute because it says "Old Kale and all," and then oh, once okay. it like fix it, Jesus, and like you know, meal prepping. It just had little fun stuff. So uh-huh. I mean, they didn't do that good, but. A few people bought it. Was a start. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I like uh, that we talk uh, about the start because you yeah, have to start so somewhere. Start. So that's how that's the initial store. It wasn't doing that well. The the little reusable bags did good, and then I was like, you know what, bump it. I'm gonna do a t-shirt. Everybody else had a t-shirt. Now I'm like, everybody got a t-shirt. I'm just go ahead and do a t-shirt. <laughs> so I had this white t-shirt. I took like an old white t-shirt. And I had this idea, like I, I like Supreme and I like the idea of it. So I was like, you know, I was thinking like, what's something cool that moms can wear, but that would signify like, you know, for moms. So I had looked at the Supreme brand and that's kind of where I like, you know, I kind of spoofed it a little bit. And I was like, I'm gonna just put mom in there. Cause like, you know, we're Supreme, we're moms and you know, all this type of stuff. And I like had a friend, she helped me make the little block. And I cut it out on a piece of paper and just laid uh-huh. it on a shirt. And I was like, you know, to get the sizing right. So I was like, okay. Uh-huh. Well, then I went and got the vinyl cut and I just put it on a shirt. And then I wore it. My, at the time, eight-year-old daughter took pictures of me in the shirt right in front of our house. Wow. And that's when I posted it. And there was no, it wasn't even called Supermom Culture. It was just Trina's Supermom shirts. Like, that's what it was. So I ran it through on the her blog. blog. Yeah, yes. so I just ran it through the blog, and that's really how I started. Then it it kind of took off as people bought it, and mm-hmm. so I had to do its own Instagram. I was fighting that because I was like, I'm not running two Instagrams. It's hard enough to keep up with one. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. you got to do it. You got to do it because everybody <laughs> was wearing it and sharing it, yeah. but then it's my platform that I'm still getting sponsored content, so it was hard to do both. Like I'm sharing somebody mm-hmm. else, then I'm like, people come to their page. They ain't going to know who page it is because I'm sharing everybody else. And they're super mom stuff. And, you know, so I was like, you know what? Let me let it live over there. And when I started a page, I was very intentional about it being about the moms. So that's why you don't see me all over the place. It's all the moms, the community of super mom culture. Then I had to come up with a name. And then I was like, I don't know what to call it. You know, I was going to call it black super moms. I had all these different ideas. And I was like, you know what? This is a culture. It's a community. We just going to call it Sue. I'm like, I'm not going to. Brack my brain, and then that's right. what I do. Yeah, so that's how 
So you mentioned a few important things. Like, first of all, you you started where you were with what you have. Um, the fact that you were literally doing a cutout by hand to get the sizing right. You know, you weren't in Photoshop, like tinkering around on your own. Like you really took this in your hands and then, you know, got, got the vinyl cut made and all of that. But it started out with your own two hands. And yes. you could have easily then jumped to, oh, no, I need a website for this. I need to put it up here and there, but you tested it first, right? You yes. shared it with your audience because you'd already done products and seen that, okay, those weren't <laughs> a hit. So, <laughs> so you made sure to prove the concept first. And then at what point did you realize though that, hey, these shirts are a hit? Like they're not just, I'm not selling, were you selling like 10 a month or was it when you said, okay, this is like, I'm getting a thousand orders a month that I need to make a site for this? It was definitely was a slow drip. So, you know, mm. I put it out there and it was like, you would have thought that I had wagered like a, a million dollars in Vegas because I was like, <laughs> one shirt I was like shaking, like, okay, I'm going to put this shirt out here for $25 and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then somebody bought it. I was like, oh my God, they bought a shirt. You know? <laughs> so with that, you know, $25, $30, I then went and bought four more shirts. Yep. Did the same thing. And then I just kind of upcycled because I really started everything. So even after I sold a couple shirts, I made like $500 and I took that $500. Then I went and ordered the vinyls already cut and ready to go because mm -hmm. I was heat pressing them myself at the time. So I had did that and then I bought a heat press. That was just like a lot of money. I'm a stay at home mom. Things were slow when I started it. So I didn't have thousands of dollars to just throw in to see what happens. I'm very cautious about my overhead and, you know, the investment because Again, I don't want to go broke and like, dang, I don't spend all this money and I ain't sold but one shirt, you know? So mm -hmm. I kind of just flipped up, flipped up, flipped up. And then, you know, then I started getting 10 shirts a week. Then it went to 100 shirts a week. And then when it hit 100, I was like, oh, we got some. <laughs> like, we, we about to do this. And so after I started getting yeah. like, like 100 sales, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like this is something here. And then that's why, and it was only one shirt, one white t-shirt. I didn't have no hoodies. I didn't have nothing else. And then I just kept flipping it up, flipping it up. And then mm -hmm. thinking about other products that I could afford and, and things like that. And that's just kind of how it went for the first year. That's what I did. One shirt. I love that as well, you guys. You hear that? Like one shirt, one skew. If you're in the retail world, like one color, one product so that you are not spending money on all of these different materials and people are only buying like one or two, like you really yeah. double down on that. I love that reminder. Yeah. And also, how did you know that you wanted to heat press it versus, uh, you know, upload a file and have it drop shipped from a t-shirt printer? So I'm a marketer in my background. I have a marketing degree. So I was very heavy on research, the school that I went to. So I was, mm -hmm. I'm a big researcher. I'm going to watch YouTube videos. Like I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. I'm going to watch yep. YouTube videos. I went on those print to on demand places and stuff. And when I was breaking it down, I was like, I ain't going to get nothing but three, four dollars. If I sell a shirt, <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> heck no. I'm all about it. until I can't do it no more. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep going until it don't work. 
So yep. I had went and did all that research, saw I don't make no money because, you know, T-shirts are, you know, it's very low. It's not like a million dollars. You know, you're not going to break right. the bank on one shirt. So I was like, you know what, if I can heat press them because it was the lower quantity. So I was like, oh, I can mm-hmm. handle this. You know what I mean? And I had got up to where I was doing like 100 shirts a day by myself. Wow. Like heat pressing them. Oh, girl, I was grinding, honey. That's wow. one thing. I, I did all the research and I started doing that. And then I would go to the wholesaler and then people that were in the line, I don't have no problem talking to anybody. And I was like, so what do you do? How do you do this? <laughs> it, was shit. it was like, oh, I have a vinyl place that I get the vinyl cut. I was like, oh, what's that name again? You know, and then that's, and then I go research that. And that's really mm-hmm. kind of how I got to where, you know, I don't do that anymore, but that's how I started. And that was a good, like budget friendly way to get started. Thank you for sharing that. So I hope that encourages someone who is thinking of something or you just have this really powerful slogan or phrase that you know would kill on a T-shirt, but you're like, oh, T-shirts don't make any money. There's a way to do it because you're right. When you do look at those sites, you're like, oh, I'm not going to make anything if I do it this way. And Yes. yes and no, like volume, you know times right. uh, a lower margin you you can keep that in consideration um mm-hmm. you can consider you know what your bandwidth is and what kind of space you have at home to do this so right. i like that we're sharing options because that's yes. what we need to know about like the options that are out there you handle quality control because i know my hand is crooked that's one reason why i don't do no diy anything like i cannot give you no straight line (laughs) so i love diy so i'm a diy that's how i was like doing all this stuff because i was like you know i was very diy but let me tell you girl when i say i was sweating like trying to learn because i was like i can imagine don't mess up this shirt don't mess up this shirt. Like, I ain't this the last one you got left. Like, don't mess it up. Cause girl, I had some shirts. The vinyl, I didn't press it. The heat wasn't high enough, girl. It was a hot mess. So it was a lot of trial and error. And you have to make a little budget for that. You know, even if you take an old kid shirt or something, just take it and figure it out that you can, you know, that you can discard if it doesn't work out just to get ready for it. But I use a lot of measuring rulers. I got rulers everywhere. I still use a ruler. Sometimes I have to do an emergency shirt. You know, for somebody like, I need this or I want to use it for this shoot. And then I'll like make one real quick if I don't have one on hand because now I have a warehouse. So I have a lot of stuff in the warehouse, so I don't have a lot of stuff on hand. But if somebody needs one, I need to get it to them. It's easier for me to just do it. Ooh, okay. You mentioned warehouse. Now we have to know what was that transition like? So how long did it take you to go from Trina making shirts herself to getting a warehouse? What was that process like? And when did you decide you were ready for that? Well, I almost didn't decide what they say, but I didn't choose the game. The game chose me. (laughs) So good problems demand. Yeah. Yes. So that's kind of how it happened. So a little over a year into supermom culture, the pandemic started, right? Ah, so then yes. the shirts blew up. We did like a viral video. That's where everybody started doing the reels. Like reels were kind of in and TikTok and all that stuff. So a video went viral and then like the sales just went crazy. But I'm like home and I'm like, oh my God, like everything's closed. We got to get these shirts. So that's how I went. So I was still doing everything myself at this point, but we were moving wow. a lot of shirts. Like mm-hmm. it was probably, it was hundreds a week at least, you know, starting yeah. off which was like big for me, but I think probably even more than that, a few hundred, I should say. And then Uh 
out of the blue, I get this email from this woman that says, hey, I like Supermom and I bought some stuff or whatever. Have you ever thought about going on Good Morning America? And I was like, what you talking about, Luke? <laughs> like, who are you? Why are you playing in my computer or whatever? So we set up a call. We talked to her. She was like, yeah, I do this. Da, 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 da. I was like, are you serious? Like the whole time I was like, are you serious right now? She's like, yeah. yeah. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to take this to them and then I'll get back to you. So I'm sitting here like, okay, like, what does that mean? Wow. So then she comes back like a couple weeks later. She was like, they love you. They want you to go on on this date. We need 10,000 shirts. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm sitting in my guest bedroom with 300 shirts in a packed. I was like, 10 with three zeros. Like, I'm like, let me understand what you're saying here. So right. she said that. I was like, yeah, that's not going to fit in my house. And yeah, I can't do that by myself. So I'm like over here. So now I'm scrambling. I'm like calling everybody. I call my friend that has a, she has a screen print. I'm just calling everybody. I was like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, I was like, let's figure out, write notes and stuff like that. So they was like, okay, you need this. You need millions of dollars in insurance, blah, 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 blah. Contract, come <laughs> ABC. I was like, yo, this is crazy. So then, like, people guided me to where I am now. So it's not my 100% warehouse. It's a fulfillment. So I have my own little okay. section in the warehouse. And then they do all my shipping and receiving for me. So I went to them and I had a meeting with them. I was like, look, I don't know what's going on, but we got to push all these orders out when we go on GMA. And they was like, we down, we've done them before. So they wow. have worked with some other black owned brands. So this is the black owned mm -hmm. warehouse too. So they work with other black owned brands. So they were familiar with the process and stuff. So I was like, oh, good. So now I got to get these <laughs> I had truckloads of t-shirts coming. Girl, it was crazy. I was like, are you serious? So that's how I was pushed into the warehouse. Like I had no other option. I'm sweating just hearing that story. We all have bad habits. I might shop a little too much on Amazon. What can I say? And bad habits tend to find their way into business too. From emailing clients at all hours or spending way too much time and money on legacy software that you heard about back in the day. Well, we are breaking up with bad business habits and breaking in new ways to bring our A-game in 2023. HubSpot's all-in-one connected CRM platform can help you get there. It makes it easy to better connect your teams, data, and systems so you can better connect with your customers. Best of all, it's free to get started. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 at HubSpot.com. You hear that? That is your sign to start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling sweatshirts or candles, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And Shopify covers every sales channel. I'm talking about in-person point of sale systems to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. And Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code so clutch. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support you and your success every step of the way. I know for me, when I started selling on Shopify, 
like it just made my whole process of having a side hustle shop seamless like they say you don't have to have any technical experience you don't need to know how to code and then your shop looks professional and it worked professionally as well now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try shopify today this is possibility powered by shopify so here's what you're gonna do sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash hustle pro all lowercase go to shopify.com slash hustle pro to take your business to the next level today shopify.com slash hustle pro What does that look like from a financial perspective? That's the part that usually kind of makes me jitter a little bit. It's like you have an upfront financial investment to make to fulfill these orders, even though you're about to make a lot of money. How does that even out? And then do you surpass that? Or is it just one of those things where you kind of break even, but you get these returning customers? Right. So... When I got the call, they talking about 10,000 shirts. I'm like, shoot, I have enough time buying 100 out of pocket. You know what I'm saying? So what was crazy was I I always tell people it wasn't nothing but God. Like, he just guided me Mm -hmm. through. Because I told you I blew up and we were selling hundreds. You know what I mean? Like, so the money was coming in and God told me, don't spend that money, girl. Don't you spend that money because I'm ready to go get a Gucci bag, go to Hawaii. Like, it's like, oh, we got some extra money because I was struggling. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom, so we were on a tight budget because I was like, I ain't yeah. going back to work. So I was like, I'm going to make this budget work, you know. So I'm like, but God was like, don't spend that money. So I was just letting it stack, stack, stack into the account. And then I got the call. So guess what? I got the money. Yep. Cause I didn't know anything about like, nobody was giving grants, the whole black lives matter. Yeah. And you know, the tears of people trying to help black people, businesses, right, right. the thing right then. So nobody uh-huh. was giving you anything. I think I got like a PayPal, like working capital thing. It probably was $5,000, but girl, a truckload mm-hmm. of t-shirts cost me wholesale was $25,000. So wow. yeah, every little bit helps, but I was able to, you know, take those little bits here and there. And then, of course, still trying to sell to keep the mm-hmm. money coming in to, to fund the going on Good Morning America. But Good Morning America, when I went on, it ended up being a hit. You know, wow. you don't make a whole lot of money. I always tell people it's more of a marketing because now people call me like if they get the, the email to go on. They're like, Trina, so tell me the tea. And I'm like, listen, it's not a money grab. It seems like it is, but it's exposure. I mean, you're on a national stage. Who right. doesn't want to be on there? And but I was like, you know, you really got to have your numbers tight. And that was the mm-hmm. that was the hardest part because you know there was mistakes and moving stuff. Now you're talking about ten thousand shirts. Who folding these shirts? Who folding? Ah. I had Ooh. to have a whole crew for a week to fold all of these shirts. Like I had three people four days from like. Ten of because I was trying to get budget friendly people, so they were strolling in at ten <laughs> and eleven. Then they like, I got. Where did you find these people? Like, I had reached out to a friend that was like kind of young, and I was like, "You got some home because it's the pandemic. A lot of people weren't working, yeah. so she was able to rally up a couple people for wow. me, and I paid them like fifteen bucks an hour. Like I said, they strolled in, I cashed at them at the end of the day. They may came back the next day and they may not, you know. <laughs> but I was like, look, we just got to fold the shirts. I was folding shirts. My daughter was uh-huh. folding shirts. Everybody was folding shirts. And I was recruiting my girlfriends because, you know, they still were working. So I was like, if you off on yep. a Saturday, 
let's go find right. some shorts and I bring yes. one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's what we were doing. And it was, wow. it was a whole, it was just a whole community project. So we was just getting it done. Cause you don't think about all the little stuff that is needed to pull this yep. off. Right. Like a big undertaking to go on there. But I'm going to tell you, it was almost like a boot camp. Like they got me together. It was like I got a master's degree. It was like I got the warehouse because of them. I got business insurance because of them. All my LLCs are my S Corps because of them. I got, you know, Duns and Bradstreet. Like I had to level up. And I hate doing admin stuff, but it forced me to get my stuff together. So, like, I got trademarks because of them. Because I was like, okay, we're going to be on here. I got to get these trademarks filed. Like, yeah. I was doing all this stuff because I was like bootleg entrepreneur, just sitting back selling shirts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No real website, no name. Like, I was just, I was just out there grinding. I was just like, hey, if it's stick, it's stick. Like, you know, I was but just. But you ready. have to start somewhere. <laughs> you have to start somewhere. And I want you. I want everybody to talk about this, honestly. Like, I think everyone thinks everyone else is more buttoned up than they are. And then that stops you from acting because you're like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. They did that. Oh, they're so smart. They they knew to do that. And they did it. And it comes right. as you grow. And that's okay. That's all right. Yes. I'm telling you, I am the poster child of grinding and thugging it out in business. Cause the way, if you would have seen some of the stuff that I was doing, like my nine, like I said, she was eight or nine. So when the pandemic started, she was nine. She was packing the orders and was getting them right too. So she got a whole lesson. We were packing, we were shipping a hundred orders a day. And she was the one that was in charge of wow. getting the sizes right. Like I love that exposure that she's getting. There, put the letter on it. And then she was checking me. She was like, uh-uh. This ain't right. This one says this. Wow. And, and she was getting it. So she got a whole. So she knows how to run a business pretty much mm -hmm. because she was right there with me in the thick of it. If you were to start over again, though, I know that we talk about like you can learn as you go. Like you don't need to when you start out, have everything buttoned up like LLC trademark. It's almost impossible to because, number one, you don't even know if you're going to use that trademark unless you actually start doing it. So right. what are a couple of things, though, that you wish you had done sooner? Um, I probably would have like maybe had sold some things if money was tight to to bring more money in because i worked way harder than i should have there was things that i couldn't do now that i'm like it really wasn't that much but back then 25 dollars on something felt like a lot you know at the time so i'm like you know i could have sold one of my old bags or something and bought a better machine or things like that so i probably would have did that just buttoned up a little bit tighter but to tell you the truth I wouldn't change anything else with the process of everything that I did. Like, I don't need to go straight mm -hmm. to a warehouse. Even now, I'm contemplating. Sometimes I go back and forth. Like, do I just need to get my own little, you know, little section and do the shipping myself when times are slow? Mm -hmm. Then when they mm -hmm. pick up and I'm like, man, where's the warehouse at? You know, I need mm -hmm. them. So things like that. I think it, it's a journey and you just learn so much. So now it's. You can't stop me because I don't went through everything. Like we good. Mm -hmm. I'm problem solving and everything like that. So I just take those as all lessons. I don't feel like, you know, like, man, I really screwed up here. Yeah, I lost money on stuff. I would have tightened up on certain things, but it's all a learning curve. So now I'm yes. like doing this stuff in my sleep. So I've been on Good Morning America two more times and the nice. And I might nice. be on more again. Yay! <laughs> so 
I don't know when this is going to air, so we'll know. Right, right. This is airing this month, y'all. This is January, kicking off the year. New year, new blessings, okay? Now, you have had so many different products since that initial T-shirt. So tell us about how you know when to introduce a new product. Whoo, girl, now that's a hard part. So you put it out there like, I don't really do sneak peeks. I like the element of surprise. But there were some things that didn't go well. I had got all these bucket hats made. And then I posted them. And then <laughs> got like 12 likes. <laughs> I was like, dang. Okay. Now they fill in the bucket hat. You know what I'm saying? Nobody <laughs> it. Okay. Because normally people be like, oh, you got the new sweatsuit. These things. Are I could have told you that. <laughs> Girl. But I thought the bucket hat was cool. Everybody else wearing bucket hats. Why can't we wear bucket hats? Because I was thinking like beach or so. I was like, you know what? Y'all right. Y'all don't want to look like LL Cool J. It's all good. <laughs> so, scrap that. I got a bucket. If you want a bucket hat, I'll send you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still got them. But, you know, so it's like you just put it out there and I'll start with. Now, the sweatsuits is definitely a gamble because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. I get them manufactured overseas. Oh, and wow. Even just the, the sample. And I will say mm-hmm. that if you're doing anything overseas with a manufacturer, always get samples. I don't care if that one sample costs you $500 or $1,000. I'm so serious. Get a sample. Yeah. I okay. had a whole one. After they done made me thousands of sweatsuits, I had a whole new one coming out. And when I tell you they jacked the whole shipment up, wow. I was interested. And I had samples. Yeah. But it was only because I had bought thousands from them that they were able, they redid them. But now I'm another 30 days out because mm. they jacked them up. So always get samples. And this was a manufacturer that I still, and I had even gotten two or three of the one that I presented. You know, I had already right. had it because I took a photo shoot and I was wow. like, okay, this is it. This is the one we're going to keep going with. Did a photo shoot and everything. And then they'll get the whole shipment. Girl, Supermom looked like my seven-year-old wrote it on the show. Wow. Who's happy here? Like, y'all knew better. Y'all knew better when That's y'all folded things. You know, stressful. so that worked out. But, you know, again, it's a lesson, too. Like, how do you do that? Put enough time in just in case you mm-hmm. get a shipment. Now I go through, we inspect everything and make sure, like, mm. I went through the whole thing. So, you know, definitely do that. You got to get samples. Let's talk a little bit more about the money piece for a second before we go into the lightning round. Um, We always share here that a lot of people lose money in the first few years of your business. A lot of times you're breaking even or you're just making enough to reinvest in your business. You know, the profit piece isn't always a given when you start this business. So what has been your experience with that? I done did it all. So when I was doing everything myself, of course, because I was the workhorse, I was seeing the money kind of pile up. And that was the money that I reinvested to go on Good Morning America. And then the money I made from Good Morning America, I reinvested and started buying the sweatsuits and getting those manufactured. So Mm -hmm. I've been basically reinvested. So your girl ain't got nothing. Okay. (laughs) I ain't paid myself. You know what I'm saying? But I I just wear my clothes. But (laughs) it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard to get to that point where you're really making that kind of money that you can really pull out for yourself and live a certain type of lifestyle because it's all a grind and you want to be you want to be mindful of the future and like what if things don't sell because yeah black lives matter everybody's sales were crazy but then now it's not there no more so now we got to go back and kind of reinvent the wheel and then when i went on the view i had added more products that i let them promote on the view 
but that it didn't do as well as it did when I went on GMA. So mm-hmm. I had to take a big L on that because I had like wow. a thousand, a couple thousand fanny packs. I didn't sell all of them. And they were, you know, they came, I got a manufacturer. So that was like a hit that I took and, you know, things like that. So you just have to be ready for that. It's all a gamble. But again, just reinvesting and, you know, making sure you can pile it up when you start getting it. Don't go out and spend it right away. Just pile it up so you'll be ready for that. Then I did Superman Weekend, which was amazing. And I hope to do it again. Um, What was that? that? I did it last year, last February. Okay. Is it like a conference? Yeah. So it was like a whole weekend. It was just mom, like mom's gone wild. It was so much fun. (laughs) Okay. Schedules that into my calendar. (laughs) So I'm trying to do it again. You know, I had a crazy year, so I'm I'm Uh back and we're going to get it together and stuff like that. So I'm just in talks with sponsors. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. That was a lot because it's like my name is on it. And one thing I'm not going to do is half do something. And, you know, and I think that's important, too. You don't want to put something out there. You want it done right. Like, you can do it scrappy, but just give it 100%. Like, you got to put forth the effort. You can't just be like, uh, this shirt is crooked, like, super mild like this, and I'm going to just ship it out. No, my name is it, it's, it's connected to me, so I'm not going to do that. So when I did Super Mom Weekend, it was important for all the moms to have a certain level of experience, even if it was off of my pocket. So... I'm, you know, flying people in, I'm getting this. I want to make sure these goodie bags and stuff, like when people didn't come in, they were like, oh, I only can send you this many. I'm like, I'm going to buy the rest because I want it to be a whole experience. I want everybody right. to have what, you know, what we're giving them. I don't want half the bags to have this and half the bag. I'll just pay you for the rest of them. Like I was doing stuff like that because I just wanted to be a full blown experience. And if they were like, oh, we need an extra you know, person serving so it'll go off right and things like that. So I just was like, I mean, I was bleeding money at this point. I was like, I don't even care no more. Just make it good, you know, because I wanted yeah, that experience. Yep. People spend a lot of money to get here, a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, to be in the building. And I just wanted them to get the experience that they deserve. That's why I haven't done another live event yet. Cause I'm like, I too just want like, I'm like, no, no, I'm flying you in. I'm paying for this. You're getting this. Yeah. And so it it is a whole beast, but that's exciting. We'll, we'll keep our eye out for the next one. Cause that yes. sounds really, really good. Oh my God, <laughs> and we amazing. know like, well, if you don't know Trina, if you follow her on Instagram, you see that she's very fun. Like you want, I want to be your friend. You know, I want to, I want to go party with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I hate to say it not to toot my own horn, but I'm a vibe. Like, I'm always going to have <laughs> You seem like a vibe. I remember you posted some story. I think you lost your phone in an Uber. I'm like, now you know we're not supposed to still be losing our phones. <laughs> Before we get into the lightning round, I want to know how you handle the emotions and the mental piece of entrepreneurship of, like you said, like having high seasons, having low seasons, you know, like some people might be expecting, oh, you, you did this and that. You must be balling now. You are, you're living in a mansion. You're doing this, you're doing that. Like, how do you deal with the reality of entrepreneurship, staying in your lane and the highs and the lows? It's hard, but I think the biggest thing for me is just having that mustard seed faith. Like you just have to have faith. I did it before. I can do it again. You know what I mean? It's experience. I know how to do it. I know how to ride a bike so I can continue to ride a bike. I might have to practice a little bit. 
And so I kind of do it like that because it is hard. You're all over the place. You see everybody else with success. I'm not a jealous person and I like to mm-hmm. celebrate other people, but you do be like sometimes like, man, I just need something to pop or hit again. You know what I mean? Cause I got all this going on. You know, I'm a newly single mom. So I got a lot on my shoulders now. Like it ain't, I can't play no games anymore. Like this mm-hmm. is real life. Like I got to get to the bag, you know, but I just have to have faith. God provided for me before he's going to do it again. So I just really have strong faith and knowing that things are going to work out. And that's kind of how I move. And then speaking of working out, working out really helped me a lot because it's like you work out, you're able to clear your mind and you know, you, you feel strong and you feel like you can really take on stuff. I don't know what it was, but I feel like working out in conjunction as busy as I was, I would go to the warehouse after the gym. Like I was crazy. Like I got to work out and it got me in my mind, right? Like, you know, let's fight. Like we got it. Like, we can do it. <laughs> and I would just keep on going with my day. So that was a big thing that helped me out too. And one thing we didn't get to touch on as much, but I do want to just mention that you have had such a smart approach to marketing your business. Like you said, you know, it comes from your years of experience as a marketer. But the thing you focused on first was building that audience. And I just want to remind everybody that it's a lot easy is such a complicated word because nothing is easy. But when you focus on building your audience and community first, it is more natural and organic when you start to introduce whatever you decide to sell. So can you talk a little bit about the audience building piece and your approach to that? Was it intentional? Did you never know that you would end up selling things? It it wasn't intentional, but me being a person, I'm a sociable person. So that's all I know how to do. I know how to talk to people, communicate. Like I said, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to bring you in. I want everybody around me to have a good time. You know what I mean? Because if I see somebody, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, I speak to people. That's just, that's my personality. And I think, I guess it translated with the blog. So I was able to connect with, you know, the followers on a different level. Like, they felt like they knew me. And community, and then I think a lot of businesses, what you can't be scared to talk to your customers. People are scared to talk to their customers. Ask them questions. (laughs) What did you like? If somebody is like upset about something, I'd be like, oh, hold up, sis. Like, now tell me. So what what do you think that I could do better next time? And then they like, you know, they let it off and then they feel seen. And even though they might have had one bad experience, they back because I took care of them. I listened to them. You know, I don't do that no more because there were some people that I'm. Yeah, I'm about to say that sounds a little toxic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but I got out of that. But when I was doing it, that's what I did, you know? Yes. So, but yes. you got to listen to your people. They tell you everything that they want. Like, people are mm-hmm. like, you don't know have many messages I'm getting about Supermile Weekend. So, I know they want it. And the bigger feedback, I asked them for their feedback after Supermile Weekend. Everybody else said, please do this every year, twice a year if you can. You know? Oh, wow. Another yeah. day. People are in my DMs now, like, are you doing it this year? Because I need to put it on my phone. You know what I'm saying? So they're telling me that they want it. So I got to give the people what they want. So listening to your audience and creating content, you guys. So before you know what it is you want to sell or create a business around in the future, start with just sharing. Start with just creating content around what you like, what you do, because it will get you far. I'm a testament of that. Trina is a testament of that. So please, this is your sign to create content in 2023. (laughs) Yes. I mean, tell you the truth. I can't sing. I can't dance. (laughs) 
nothing life changing about me. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm like, Beyonce. I'm just a black girl from Chicago on the internet talking crazy and talking to the people and putting super mom on stuff. Like seriously, yeah. we all can do it. We all can do it. So with that, let's officially get into the lightning round. So you know the deal already. Um, You just answer the very first thing that comes to mind. All right. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Canva. Number two, who is a non-celebrity Black woman entrepreneur who you admire and why? Girl, so many. You. (laughs) Too many to name. Um, I know people that have went through trials. So Chantel or Play Pits, I know she's been on yes. here. And Tiffany uh, from Latch the Hook. Those two, oh, the perseverance yes. they have is incredible. Follow them. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Number women. three, what's a non-negotiable part of your day? Working out, I try to schedule around my workouts. You know, I okay. want to be cute. Yeah. I'm single. <laughs> number four uh, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business I think running my mouth <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, okay I think um, finishing or focusing mm-hmm. on one thing and getting it done um, and then finally number five what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to do their own thing and be their own boss but are worried about losing their steady paycheck just jump off the cliff. You got to. <laughs> I know that sounds scary, but you got to do You're going to be okay. Like, that's where that faith comes in. Now, don't do mm-hmm. it. I mean, do it while, while outside hustle. But right. just, just do it. Just start. Stop. I, I can't stand with people like, oh, I got to get this website. Like you were saying, I got to do this. I got to get an LLC, a trademark. What if I trademark Baby Shopaholic? I ain't done Baby Shopaholic in a long time. Now right. we trademarking stuff, the stuff that sticks, you know what I mean? You'll know when it's time. So you'll know when it's it. time. Do it. That's it, it. y'all. That's it. I'm not going to add anything else to that. That's it. Trina, thank you so much for being in the guest chair. Where can people connect with you and Supermom Culture after this episode? Okay, so you can follow us on Instagram. It's Supermom Culture. It's so fun over there. At <laughs> My personal blog is at Hey Trina Small, and the website is supermomculture.com and at heytrina.com. And I will link to all of those in the show notes. So there you have it. And with that, I'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you'll receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.